everybody, Chris Harry with you on Chargers Weekly. We took this show on the road this week to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. A special occasion, so we'll have more than just one podcast this week. But we'll kick things off with General Manager Tom Telesco as he and his staff get to work during a busy week in Mobile. The general manager of the LA Chargers, Tom Telesco, joins me on Chargers Weekly here at the Senior Bowl. And Tom, I have to ask you, how many of these have you been to? Over 20. Over 20. Over 20. I think 1995 was my first one. So do the math from there. Wow. Yeah. How much has it changed over the years? There's a lot of of people here. A lot more people than ever used to be. Um, Between uh, media and agents and, you know, it's almost, it's almost like a coaching convention at this point. It is. Yeah, a lot of college coaches will come down and talk with NFL people. Um, unfortunately, a lot of coaches out of work will come down, um, you know, looking to, to network a little bit. Um, but, no, the game has gotten bigger and bigger. Uh, Phil Savage has done a, a great job with this game. He's gotten better every year. He does a great job with the roster he puts together, setting everything up here in Mobile. And uh, now this is a special place. We love coming back here. I mean, like I said, over 20 years I come in to watch football mobile. We have a lot of the same restaurants we go to when we come back here, and it's, uh, they treat us really well here. I want to take fans inside your schedule right now. It's, it's obviously a lot different than it was last year when you talk about relocation mm-hmm. and getting a new head coach. What's the biggest difference from last January to, to this January? Time. Time. That's, that's been the more biggest time. thing. Yeah, more time uh, in the month of January. Last year at this time, Obviously, with the head coach search that was going on, hiring Anthony and then putting a staff together, that took a lot of hours. And then the relocation obviously took a lot of time and effort, too. So uh, this month of January, it's been great for us. It's for self-scouting ourselves. Sure. Um, and not only the team, but just everything that touches football operations. We got a lot of that done in January, um, which, is, which has been great. And that, that's how you develop and get better over the offseason. So we spent a lot of January doing that. And then February, a lot of planning as far as what we'll do in free agency. Um, we start our draft meetings in February. So that's, that's a big, big month for us as far as evaluating college prospects, uh, UFAs for free agency, and then move forward into March. Yeah, when you look at this year's Senior Bowl uh, from last year, all you got to do is look at the roster, right? Dan Feeney, Forrest Lamp, Desmond King, Rayshon Jenkins. They were all here last year. Uh, and I think it shows how much stock the Chargers put into a week like this. Well, we put a, well two things. One, we put a lot of stock into it, obviously. Number two, when we draft players, I don't necessarily even know at the time if they were at the Senior Bowl. It's not like we, we try it. It's not like yeah. we, we, we pinpoint it. Well, he was at the Senior Bowl. Make sure we take him. Uh, but, no, this is a great – this is really our last chance to see players in a football setting with the helmet and shoulder pads actually playing football. And this is really the tail end of our scouting uh, of players football-wise. And then, But it's the beginning of – getting to scout the players and know them as people. As far as this is really our first chance here to talk to them for an extended amount of time. We'll get a chance to talk to them again at the Combine, talk to them again at their pro days in, in the springtime. So, um, but this is the big difference between this and the Combine is the fact that they're really playing football. And yeah. that's the best way to evaluate them. And they're going against other NFL, other NFL prospects. We know in a one-on-one between a corner and a receiver, they're both going to be NFL players. Maybe some drafted higher, maybe some drafted lower, maybe some undrafted, but they're going to play in the leagues at some point. So we know they're really good matchups, good competition. Uh, they're getting NFL coaching for the week, so it's, it's a great opportunity for us. It kind of simulates a game week, right? Because like you said, you have the Broncos and the Texans are coaching each respective team. You have three practices during the week. I'm sure you have a walkthrough. It it's yep. almost kind of simulates a game week. It is. They come in on Monday and pre- install a, a, a game plan. 
um, watered down, obviously, for an all-star game. But they install a game plan, so the players have to try and figure that out, work through it, um, get on the practice field. And on the practice field, they're, they're competing and showing what they can do as a player, but they also have to learn the offense or defense they're going to run on yeah. Saturday. So a lot going on. There is a lot going on, and that's part of our evaluation process is how, how they process all that information. And it goes beyond the field, too. I mean, you guys are able to, to meet with these players off the field. And when you talk about it, it's in the name, Senior Bowl. These are seniors. These guys have played for four years. They're prior leaders on their team. What are you digging into in a week like this that may be different from the combine, knowing that these are guys that have a lot of experience with their respective programs? Well, the big thing off the field here is this is our first time we can actually talk to the players for an extended amount of time. Sure. Um, so we get about four hours each night where our scouts will, will interview basically every player here um, and get a feel for them as people. Um, which is part of the process. Um, they're more than just football players. So we have to try and figure them out, what makes them tick, what their makeup's like, what their intangibles are like, and we can get that done here. We can do it again at the Combine as well. Um, we like the setting a little bit here better. You know, mm-hmm. the Combine is a little hectic. Yeah. And uh, Combine is, is uh, you know, you basically get 15 minutes and a horn blows and a player's walking out of it's your room. Speed dating. It is speed dating. <laughs> so here it's a little easier to, to get that work done. We can talk to players after practice on the field. Um, but this is, uh, this is a big part of the process. You know, determining whether or not a player is worth drafting, it's easy to do in the, probably the first couple of rounds. These later rounds, you guys have had a ton of success getting undrafted free agents. We talk about Trevor Williams, 15 starts this year. Uh, Darius Phylon, a six-rounder playing meaningful snaps. Austin Eckler, these diamonds in the rough that may not be at the Senior Bowl. What's your process for evaluating these late-round gems? Because it's harder to see what a guy can do in those later rounds, and you guys have been able to knock it out of the park with a lot of these guys. Our scouts do a really, really good job of um, you know, the draft is more than just the first and second round. I mean, we, we have to find players in every round. Um, teams with really strong rosters find core players in the third, fourth, and fifth round, and then find some players late in rounds that can come in and play a role in the college for regents as well. And uh, we put as much work into the guys that we draft in the sixth and seventh round in college for regents as far as the amount of time and effort and resources that we do in the first and second round. Um, and we put a lot of effort into that because we have to hit on those. You just can't rely on your first and second rounders. Um, it's, it's an inexact science. You're not going to hit on every draft pick. We try to, we want to, but we know it's not going to work like that. Um, but our scouts do a really great job of trying to find some players that have you know, one or two traits that we think can make the football team. They're not going to have all of them because if they did, they'd be a first or second round draft pick. Yeah. Uh, but to find some players that fit what we do, fit our scheme, fit our intangibles and makeup, and have one or two traits that really stand out that, hey, these are NFL quality traits. Yeah, there may be a couple other things that are a little bit below the line, but these one or two things can compensate for that and give them a chance to, to, to make our football team and, and help us win. And, uh, you know, you, you try it and try and try to find those players. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but with a player like Austin Eckler this year, past year, to come in and play for us meaningful snaps and uh, as a rookie and really make some impact plays for us is great to see. And it's a testament to you guys because, again, Forrest Lamp, unfortunate injury in training camp, wasn't able to, to contribute this year. Mike Williams' injury in minicamp wasn't able to contribute as much as he will probably contribute in year two. And you found guys that, you know, in week one, you're probably not envisioning them having a meaningful role. And sure enough, they show up. This, this rookie class, obviously not Forrest, we didn't get anything out of this year with the injury. But they all contributed, including Mike, even though Mike came, you know, had the injury that really set him back. But 
everyone contributed, including some college free agents, which is big for your rookie year. Mm-hmm. If you can come in and contribute to winning the first year, that's the great first step. Then get in the offseason program in your, you know, quote unquote sophomore year, get a full offseason program and come in next year, maybe try and, you know, have a bigger role on the football team. But the fact that guys like Rayshon Jenkins came in and really contributed, Isaac Rochelle had a really nice yes. last couple of games for us and, and, and he was on our practice squad most of the year and really loved what he did. Was he at the senior bowl uh, last year too? He was at the senior yeah. bowl. So, and obviously Desmond King was at the Senior Bowl last year, came in, played a ton of snaps for us as a nickel corner and was really productive for us. So those guys came in, you know, earned some roles early. Um, and then next year, we'll see how far they can take it. One of the things that I talked to you about in training camp, uh, we were talking about Hunter Henry and his leap from year one to year two. And you were talking about how the game just slows down for some of these guys. I had a chance to catch it with Dabo Sweeney yesterday. And we talked about Mike Williams and he said, Listen, it's just a matter of him having a full off season, and I think Philip echoed that, and you echoed that at your end of season press conference. Mm-hmm. What are you expecting from Mike in year two, knowing that he's going to have a full off season to, to kind of get in the rhythm with Philip, and also you have great experience in that wide receivers room that I'm sure he can kind of take with him into the off season. Yes, this will be a big year for Mike because all the time he'll get, uh, you know, with our offense that he just missed last year, and yeah. as a receiver. Uh, it's a difficult position to come in early and play as a young player. Uh, and when you miss as much time as he did, it, it really makes it difficult. But, um, you know, he'll get as far as, as – and like I said, the, or I've said this before, um, the least of the worries is the actual playbook. But it, it's taking that time to the field. So when you leave the huddle, you know, when Phillip makes a call in the huddle, then you're going to line of scrimmage and looking at the coverage and then Phillip may make a check. And then after the snap, the ball, the coverage may change. You have to make an adjustment. It's a lot of real-time adjustments you have to yeah. make. It takes time to do that. It takes a lot of reps to do that. And that's not even including just the timing with the quarterbacks and getting a feel for that and them getting a feel for him. So um, this will be a big time for him this offseason. He'll get a lot of work. He'll get a lot of balls. Yeah. Um, but we've got a really good receiver group. We really do. They all have a little bit different style of play, and that's the way we kind of want to um, you know, build it that way. Getting back to this draft process, I think a lot of people will identify the Senior Bowl and some of these All-Star games as the beginning of the draft process, but we know that's not the case. You guys have been doing your work all through uh, this past season. You, you have tape, the tape, you start with that. What piece of the pie would you attribute weeks like this in the combine to the overall evaluation? Because we know it starts with what you guys see on film. Yeah, I mean, really, like I said before, as a, as a football player evaluation, this is the end of the, of the evaluation yeah, process. Um, but the Senior Bowl will not take precedent over, you know, three years of college football or four years of college football. This is a piece of the puzzle, part of the pie, certainly not the biggest part. Um, and then the combine will be probably even a little smaller than this since there's really there's no football being played at the combine. Yeah. That, that's really, you know, the biggest thing at the combine is, is the medical evaluations, which is, which is a big piece of the pie. That is. Um, but as far as football-wise, you know, this is the end of the process. And it's one last chance to see these players uh, play against really good competition uh, with a little bit different scheme on offense and defense. Um, but if a player comes here and has a, has you know, really struggles in a senior bowl, that doesn't mean we take three and four years of maybe really solid play and throw it out the window. This means we have a little bit more work to do. Um, but this is uh, these all-star games, this game, the East-West game, the NFLPA game, which is, in, which is in Los Angeles. All-star games are great, great places for us to go watch football players and evaluate them against other really good players. Tom, looking back to this past season, Coach Lynn, he's building a culture here in Los Angeles. After that 0-4 start, you win nine of your last 12, a lot of momentum going into 2018. How would you assess the job that he did with this team in 2017? Well, we couldn't have got, we couldn't have won nine out of our last 12 without him, yeah. the, the way he handled the beginning of the season. Um, 
I think I said at the end of the year, we, we came a long way in the last 12 months um, as a football team and as an organization. And uh, without Anthony's uh, leadership, it would have been hard. I mean, the, the first four games, when you lose, lose, start 0-4 and you're in a new market, new city, new stadium, um, it could have gone one or two it's ways. Adversity. It could have gone one or two ways. And, and Coach never flinched. The players saw that. Um, they kept working at it. Um, I thought everybody handled everything really well. And that started to show. We got some results at the end of the season. Um, but we're starting to see that culture build, not only on the field, but inside the building. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's an exciting time. It really is. And, and the, the hard part now is, you know, we say we want to build on last year, which we will, but there's really no momentum or carryover from last year to next year. It's new year. You really have to start over. Everybody, you know, once the Super Bowl happens next week, we all start over. We all start from scratch. You know, we can't say, hey, look, we played really well at the end of the year last year. Uh, we'll just, you know, just take that, move that over, and it doesn't work like that. Yeah. So we got to start over. And the great thing about Anthony is that will be his mindset. You know, that that's not hard for him to, to try and get into that, that attitude. So um, it's going to be a long offseason for us just to keep working to get back, you know, to where we want to be, which is in the playoffs and win a championship. And I think the positives that you can carry over, though, Tom, is just the continuity. You know, Gus Bradley's coming back. Ken Wisenhunt's coming back. And you didn't have that last year. And you look at the rest of the division. You know, there's a lot of new coaches in Denver. There, there's going to be a new offensive coordinator in Kansas City. There's a rebranding in Oakland right now. Yep. Meanwhile, you guys are staying the course with the same coordinators and a lot of the same players coming back. That has to be a positive, even though momentum doesn't carry over from 17 to 18. Yes, yeah, so all those deposits we made last year as far as learning the, the defensive scheme, certainly with Gus, with the yeah. new coordinator, that, that took time. Um, and we knew that would take some time through the course of the season. And even offensively, even though uh, Ken Wisenhunt did come back to us from uh, this past year, um, you know, when Anthony came in, he's an offensive head coach, offensive background. So there were some things we made some changes on offense, and we saw that took some time through the course of the season. Um, it's hard when you change coaches and change some philosophies for things just to click right away. Um, so it took some time. We got there by the end of the year, but now with a full off season, um, the big thing with players is to get them to play fast and play confident, and you don't play fast and confident unless you know what you're doing. Uh, and the more you do, the more repetitions, the more you know what you're, what's going on, you'll play fast, and especially on defense, which we saw this year. Um, you know, a lot of new terminology, some new run fits, some new coverages, um, but it slowly, slowly came along, and defense played really well. We'll see more of that next year. Speaking of that defense, you got a lot of pro bowlers in Orlando this weekend on offense and defense, but Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram specifically, I think fans will look at the 23 combined sacks, but these guys played 850-plus snaps each this year, and it goes well beyond just those 23 sacks. What did you see this year from those guys that made them so successful in 2018, going beyond just getting to the quarterback? Because I think there was a lot of things, you know, whether it was stopping the run, double teams, there's a lot of things that those guys do that don't show up on the stat sheet. Yeah, they're, they're, they're two, you know, complete football players, and they're, and they're selfless too. So a lot of times um, players that are um, – rushing the passer it's a very selfish position to get as many sacks as you yeah. can and that's not how you win football games so um, those two guys have shown that that you have to play the run as well as the pass and uh, I know there was a, a point late in the year where there's a couple of games where Joey may, may have only had one sack and over a couple of games and a couple of people wondered you know you know you know where's the production where's yeah. this I'm like have you watched him in the run game first of all yeah I mean I thought he did a heck of a job in the run game if, if you run away from him he can chase it down he run at him he can he can shed blocks Melvin did very well playing the run um you, you got to be able to do both in this league and like I said both guys are selfless players um 
But on third down, when we need the pass rush, and we had the coverage behind them to, to, to marry that up was help, really helped as well. Um, but those guys, they played hard. They're great teammates. I think there are, there are other teammates rallied around them. Um, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of the new celebration rules. It seems a little loose to me. Yeah, they but, had fun with it, though. Yeah, but I love the fact that they all celebrate together. Yeah. And that, that that's the best part of it. When a guy makes a play, he doesn't step away individually and point to himself. They all get together. Yeah. They all celebrate together. Even guys running off the sideline, which is can't, you totally can't even do that. Yeah. Uh, but everybody wanted to be a part of it. Um, everybody celebrated and, 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 and everybody else's success. So, um that's, that's about building a team right there. Yeah, when you like each other, right? Yes, yep. It's so important. Uh, Philip, he had one of his best seasons. Uh, 36 years old, really no signs of slowing down. But you talked about it at the end of, uh, end of the season. At some point, you want to get a young arm in there. What's your process and timetable for that? I, I, I imagine when you have a board, you have the player come to you. What's that process like for you over this offseason? Uh, it's really no change for us in, in the process. And, and when I say we don't have a timetable, that basically, it doesn't mean that we're not thinking about it. We're always thinking yeah. about it. Um, it's just a matter of having the right player line up to us at the right time. But it's something we've been looking at for a number of years. And and whenever we do take the, take a quarterback, if he has to sit for a number of years behind Philip, then he sits. Um, but we do have to have somebody at some point. We know Philip's not going to play forever. Um, he's doing a great job right now. We we love always playing. He's our, he's our leader. Um, he has a lot of good football left. Uh, but we do have to continue looking for the future, and and that's uh, and we've been doing that for years here. And at some point, it'll line up, and we'll have somebody else in here, a you know, younger arm, to hopefully learn from Philip, and uh, really hopefully to sit and watch Philip play for a number of years more. Tom, we'll get you out of here on this. There's different avenues every offseason to improve the roster. You have free agency, the draft, the undrafted free agents. A big core of this team is going to be back in 2018, but. Is there a position group or position groups that you want to add to this year, you know, in terms of priorities and really just bolstering this team to make it that much more dangerous in 2018? Yeah, the, those are the talks that we have really this month in February trying to plan forward as far as how we build a roster. <clears throat> we don't um, – we'll have needs like everybody else. Yeah. Uh, we won't rank the needs of the number one need through the 10th need. Um, we just know if, if you have a need, you have a need. You have to get a fixed or, or get a filled somewhere. And it could be from anywhere. And it may not be right away. It may not be the first day of free agency. It could be late in free agency. It yeah. could be in the draft. It could be late in the draft. It could be a trade. Um, it could be when a player gets released over the summertime and, and you bring them in. So, um, But we, we do want, we're trying to keep adding depth to this football team. I think we have, a, um, we have a pretty good mix of some core veterans but some young players behind them. Um, I think the roster is stronger now than it was a couple years ago, which is a good sign. Um, still not where it needs to be yet. Um, but uh, you're just trying to keep adding good players and trying not to reach for certain positions where you pass over a good football player. But those are the planning things we'll talk about this offseason. We all have our thoughts for in-season of what, what we need. Yeah. Um, but for a lot of us, you got to take a step back and take a step away and go back and look over the tape again. Because when you do it during the season, there's a lot of emotions that go on. And sometimes it's, you need a, like, like a fresh look. Yeah. And that, that's what we're doing Get right now. Get away from it for a minute. Exactly. You have to. Yeah. Tom, I know you got to get to practice. I can't thank you enough for your time this week in Mobile and uh, look forward to a great offseason. Great anytime. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Tom. And that'll do it. My thanks to Tom Telesco and thanks to you all for listening. Be sure to subscribe to Chargers Weekly on Apple Podcasts and leave a review to help spread the word so we can get this to as many Chargers fans as possible. We're not done yet. Keep it locked to Chargers Weekly for instant senior bowl reaction. A lot of great guests lined up for you over the next couple of days. And until next time, I'm Chris Hayry.